0: Hey, Shay, it's Joe. And dude, the ancient floods did happen. There's a reason why pretty much every single culture and every single religion from around the globe all have legends of an ancient flood and flood myths. That's because it did happen around 12 to 13,000 years ago. There was an event called the Younger Dryas event where the Earth was... Uh, just changed dramatically Sea levels changed It sunk continents It caused a new ice age uh, It's pretty clear now That our planet during this time Was struck by pieces of a comet That broke up That we still fly through every year But that lasted for a couple decades It's called the Younger Dryas event Check it out, it's awesome Thanks don't share with us the darkness in his frame The dungeon's master's plan, the pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown, keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud, to die for Only the brave shall come into page one
1: my name is Che Webster and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary
0: hey Che Jason here I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of Savage Rifts I've played it it's okay it's not a bad port of the Rift system and I don't mind Savage Worlds it pushes Savage Worlds about the limit though it makes it more crunchy and um yeah it's about as crunchy as I'd ever want savage worlds to be to be honest I'd, I'd like to find a, a different way to do it um I don't know I riffs is such an interesting and and diverse world as far as power levels and everything it, it's a hard world to transfer to to any system to be honest uh, you know because they're, they're just <laughs> the, the power levels between the characters are so diverse it's it, you know it's so crazy but Anyway, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Well, hello, rescuers, and welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Diary. The, you know, random scattered thoughts that I have through the week, edited together really roughly, and yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty personal stuff. So if you're not one for the ups and downs of real life, and uh, don't really want to, you know, be dragged into reality too firmly, probably not the episode for you. But if you're here because you know what you're in for, and you're you know want to know what's going on and noodling around my mind well welcome two brilliant call-ins there thank you very much to joe richter from hindsightless and also the wheel and woe podcast and also thank you to jason from nerds rpg variety cast to regular callers and two great guys Thank you. I'm not I don't think there's much to comment on with Joe. I just wanted to say that, you know, I don't have much doubt in my mind that the Great Flood happened, but uh, I was equivocating in my last episode simply because I'm not so sure on how the archaeology is with that. It's been a long while, you know, twenty-five or so years since I've really looked at it. Yeah, a great comet strike. That seemed always the most plausible thing to me, and is actually the reason why there's a three comet strike in my Fantastic Isle setting. But anyway. Jason, thank you so much for calling in. Um, riffs, I've parked it really. I've uh, Savage Riffs, Savage Worlds uh, Adventure Edition. Generally, is kind of on a pile. I want to get to it. It's it's one of those projects that I will look at in coming months slash years. But right now, well, as you'll find out, I'm focusing on something else. That being said, I do think that it's probably quite difficult to translate uh, riffs to a lot of games because of that power imbalance between characters. But actually, I'm seeing a really good way of dealing with that, looking at, well, something else I've been looking at this week. So I think there's a solution using my game of choice, and it might be a challenge that I will take up in the future. But anyway, for now, on with the show. And there is another call from Jason coming in a bit. Look out for it. Game on. So it's uh, about ten o'clock at night, ten fifteen on Good Friday, and just finished the fourth session of our Dolmenwood playtest campaign. And um, the guys have gone from Fort Vulgar back to Prigwart to deliver a blade they were entrusted with. Um, interesting this because the prep for today was uh, a little longer, but only because I. Hadn't decided what the blade was going to be. At the end of the last session, I'd rather arbitrarily decided they would ask to take a magic sword. So I rolled up on the magic sword table, and there's a about a 30% chance you get an intelligent blade. And lo and behold, we had an intelligent blade. So I had to create um, the blade, rolling up the stuff using the OSE book, which is great. and created the blade of Enderion, Dracophane, um, and... This sentient sword turned out to be able to speak, so we had some nice interaction. Uh, well, I felt it was nice and fun trying to tempt the guys to unbox it and, and play with it, which you know they managed to refuse. And, um, yeah, a good, a good evening, really. They, they journey out, they had a little bit of interaction with um, uh, Dracophane the blade, and then ran into some uh, basically being attacked by a swarm of sturges. Uh, which are a little different in uh, old-school D&D, just so you know. They're sort of bird-like creatures with feathered, big, large bird-like creatures, feathered, and sort of uh, the image shows a sort of winged, bat-like wings, but um, I sort of describe them as halfway between a pterosaur and a bird. Um, Big beaks, and um, 14 of those attacking the party. They managed to um, pithwilder the dowser, unleashed a sleep spell, and took down 10 of them, so straight away, and then the four remaining engaged in battle, they injured one, no, injured two of them with bow fire, crossbow and bow fire, and then got into combat, and I know that um, Shank, the fighter, was badly injured by one of them attacking him and sort of getting him, ba- you know, impaling on him and starting to drink his blood, but they, they took him down quite quick after that and uh, drove off drove off the last one. Um and then they um, managed to make their way across to the ruined abbey uh just the camp to the foot of that overnight there were strange lights again a, a craft of some kind lit craft lifted off about from the forest undergrowth about four miles north northwest of them and uh stood over hovered for several minutes and then sort of took off straight up at high speed um and then they, they took the next day drive. So there had been a lot of snowfall, had a heavy snow fall in the next day. And they, they went to Prigwart to deliver the blade to um, the wizard, Droog, the wizard, um, who is the um, consulting wizard of, of Prigwort. Did some shopping. Um, The guys have actually managed to sell off their very expensive jewellery. And with that, we're able to buy horses. And I decided that it'd be kind of fun. So they bought a war horse for the night and they bought uh, five riding horses, would you believe? At great expense. I mean, about um, 60, 70% extra markup on that. So fantastic. And and then they decided uh, to head um, south to Dreg and then on to um, Lancashire next session because they want to return the items they'd rescued from the Abbey uh, back to the Bishop and um, yeah the other thing that we've decided we have a little discussion about what they wanted to do next we are playtesting for Gavin Norman um, and the guys were kind of up for uh, if they, once they got back to Lancashire, they're going to be the characters will go south to return to the bishop with these goods. So they're going to be a week or two of downtime there. And um, they're wondering about um, perhaps rolling up some higher-level characters, creating some higher-level characters, and doing a one-off adventure. So I'm going to have a little look and see if there is something readily available from the stuff in Wormskin. I'm sure there will be of of higher level. And we're just going to run a couple of sessions, short adventure, a higher level just to do some play test but the guys were equally quite keen to come back to these characters and to continue playing which is a really encouraging sign so yeah great end of uh sort of session four session five from prigwart to dragon dreg, dreg to langshorn game room it's saturday night uh, i had a pretty good quiet day today with deb at home it's been really lovely actually um this evening I sat down and had a go at the Fantasy Trip Death Test, which is the first solo adventure in the Legacy Edition of the Fantasy Trip. Um, uses the Malay and Wizard sort of rules, and really my first um, attempt at this. I've I've looked at it a few times and wanted to play many times, but just getting a little bit of time. I've not finished. Um, I created four characters. I've created a Wizard, Sawyandum. And three fighters, so Marcus, Peter, and another, which I've completely forgotten the name of. Um, and anyway, yeah, we've played through, so you start going through the door into the red room. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, it's good fun. Um, interesting, actually, choices. It uses um, the sort of typical solo, you know. Um, room number turn to this sort of page thing that I'll be familiar with from Fighting Fantasy and such. But it um, sets up a series of combats, basically. Um, so you go into a, a chamber and you use uh, one of the battle mats and you fight out something or you deal with something. But it's not quite as basic as just fighting. It's quite nice to um, you know in- interact with chests. You find th- uh, trap doors in the floor, that kind of thing. It's really, really quite cool and um yeah the monster encounters or creature encounters are kind of programmed to some degree there's some guidance on how they play out you could play it solo as i've been doing you can play it uh with players uh one player is uh sort of playing the monsters and one um playing the heroes or you could sort of team up and have multiple players with a gm even um a lot of flexibility there so i quite enjoyed it and uh yeah I had a good time i'm i'm you know, learning the game, so it's sort of slow pace. I think I played for a couple of hours, um, you know, including creating my own um, characters and then sort of doing uh, a series of encounters. So it's been good fun. I'm um, hoping to continue it. Well, the nice thing about programming encounters, is I kind of made a list of the where I've been and doing a little map, so it's easier to sort of pack away and, and bring back out again, which is a real bonus. Anyway, had a lot of fun with that. But it's time for bed.
0: Hey, Jay, Jason here. Sorry about the background noise. I'm driving to work in the rain. Reference different fantasy settings and using different ru- or using the same fantasy setting with different rules. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Mithras or Runequest. Mithras or Runequest seems like a great fit for what you want to do for your fantasy aisles. As far as second edition D&D goes, there were a number of historical books you know splat books they made for it they did a viking book i think they did a roman book um and i bet you those would help you get you know those were designed to give flavor that historical flavor to campaigns and, and give you options to tailor a second edition ad and d game to a viking campaign or, or roman campaign so that may be a way to look at it too so just, just a thought
1: hello there jason thanks for the call um great yeah uh two things then so first of all the splat books i hate that term so much the setting books from advanced dragon second edition uh vikings romans greek yeah thanks for reminding me about those i own them uh so there's no real problem there uh i just don't know you're going to hear in a minute about where i've kind of gone in my brain but they're definitely really good source books and yeah you're absolutely right on Mithras, hmm, yeah, I just feel like I really enjoy that game, don't get me wrong. And um, Classic Fantasy, especially, has been really, really good to me. But I feel as though there is uh, a real desire in me to, you know, master a game. And the game with the most flexibility for me, well, you know the name of that game, right? Anyway, mate, thanks for calling in. Game on. It's funny to me how my hobby goes. It's a cycle. Um, or a series of cycles, really. Anyway, um, it's Easter Monday and I've um, spent my morning, really, uh, in the um, the process of getting my head back to GURPS and The Fantastic Isles for me is something that's been really bubbling around my head the last few days, as I mentioned. And I know a week ago I was really thinking, oh, you know, can I do this? And is it possible to have a different flavour of fantasy with different games? And all of that thought was going on. But ultimately when it came to wanting to build this thing, um, to start preparing for an actual game, and, you know, I'm thinking I really want to play i needed to get started and i just the flexibility in gurps was what i kept coming back to this thing that i can build this thing the way i want it you know um without having to compromise really so had a lot of thoughts been in this sort of spiral um of like exploration and one of the things that happens to me is I tend to start like book flipping and looking around. Um, there's a tendency for me to, if I'm not careful, I can very quickly get overwhelmed with all the choices. So I decided to start narrowing that down and um, I'm just grabbing this book because there is a fantastic book called How to Be a GURPS GM um, written by uh, Warren Luke Wilson and Sean Punch. And it is um, a really good guide, actually, that I've read through before and thought, mm, yeah, that's really cool, but honestly not put to use. And there I was thinking, oh, you know, I I should build myself some carriage templates that so I can get going. And I suddenly realized that I've got to step back even from that. I've got to lay the foundations and, um, you know, what is it I'm trying to do here? And whilst it, there is probably a large amount of value in me holding a kind of session zero, I don't have any gamers yet. So what I decided to do is actually just work through the rest of the guide, um, thinking about how to get started. And what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna sit down and start narrowing down the things I want to use in the game. It's uh pretty straightforward, but it's a process that I need to go through, I think. And it's about like taking out, you know, stripping out the things in the game, because there's so many choices and um As Dr. Crom himself wisely says, you know, everything in GURPS is optional. We say so all over the place. We specifically say things like, as long as GM is fair and consistent, he can change any number, any cost, any rule. And so on and so on and so on. And actually, I love this line. Quote, the rules are only there for when you need them to help advance the game. Most of the time. You should be doing that by talking and role-playing and telling a story, end quote. So I'm I'm digging in, really. I'm going to get this system mastery thing down. Game on. All right, so it's Tuesday morning, um, 14th of April. The weirdness of being in COVID lockdown continues. Um, Deb has been back to work this morning. Um, and it's kind of that. It's kind of nice in a way because we had a really nice four days together over the weekend. Um, and I think although she's really struggling with motivation to go back, and it's really tough for her. I get it. Um, I don't know. Being home alone, there is a certain kind of um, opportunity, I guess, there in terms of hobby. Anyway, um, been thinking a little bit about what I want to do long term and um, last night I, uh, I got very much the feeling that my Dungeons of Thal game, I feel like I, I kind of want to park it for a while, I feel like I've run my course with dungeon delving and um, it's kind of time to sort of spread my wings as a GM a little bit I think as a referee, I feel it is time for me to, to uh, try some other tools out the box really. And it's interesting because, you know, playing OSE Dolmenwood, I've been sort of spreading my wins a little bit into running a hex crawl. And that has been good, good experience, and working really well, has to be said. And I think it's, it's the two things, you know, the OSE as a game rule set is pretty straightforward to run, so it's not a lot of cognitive load for me. And, of course, on top of that, the game structure itself of hex crawling works well. It's a it's a timeless classic really. And so that's been really good. So the next thing for me is actually moving on up to really running games um in a in a slightly more modern way I guess. And for this I'm thinking about the node structure That I've spoken about on the podcast before and obviously starting to run mystery games as well and so to that end I uh, I feel like my Saturday night Thal game, well I could keep that going if I had infinite amount of time you know and I could play every night I could run Thal alongside other things very successfully but there's only so much kind of cognitive load only so much space and although I know one or two listeners are always quite amazed at how much I do manage to pack in um, to what is quite a busy life. I think in this time um, where I am back home bound, I have an opportunity, you know, to prepare something deeper, to work on something deeper. So, to that end, I have put out a call on the Discord. So, on the Roleplay Rescue Discord, I put out a call. I've created a channel called Learning GURPS, and that's exactly what I intend to do: to learn GURPS, get deeper. Um, anyone have followed the old ubiquitous Rat blog um, or who's following the Roleplay Rescue blog is aware that, you know, I do this sort of learning posts, a bit of Learning Traveller recently uh, with the Classic Traveller game and beginning GURPS in the past. And I'm going back to uh, GURPS. It's my, you know, it's that game I sought mastery over, do you remember? And it is time, I think, to really lean into that more. So I put out an open game um, call, really, and I'm going to run... I think the way I want to play this is I want to offer um, uh, some worlds. Uh, so three worlds are kind of immediately come to mind. There's obviously the Fantastic Isles as a sort of low fantasy, uh, late prehistoric, early Bronze Age game. Um, that's one world. Another world is the world of dark matter, really. I'm going to take the old Alternity, um setting and update that to 2020. And... And also adapt it across to GURPS. I think that's one of the strengths of the game system is that, it, you know, the rules can handle pretty much any setting. So a modern conspiracy horror game. And then my third idea, barely formed at this point, but it's to do a near-future SF game. It's a bit cyberpunkish probably. Um probably, but that's about as far as I've got with that idea. So that, you know, fantasy, modern, and science fiction are all on the table going to ask the players if I can attract any what they want to to do and I think the approach I want to take is an adventure by adventure approach so um, I will sort of suggest running a one to three session adventure in one of those worlds and then obviously ask what the players want to do next after that and so on and so on I don't anticipate staying in one world for you know a continuous play campaign in one set sort of sort of set of sequence if you like i i I anticipate that might happen that we won't want to play two or three adventures in a row in a world or maybe we will actually want to play an adventure in one world and an adventure in another world and so on and so on the reason i want to take that approach is because i'm trying to master the game and the game is multi-genre so You know, to learn how to, it's it's one thing to learn how to play, you know, a fantasy game. um, But, um, you know, I also need to develop my knowledge and understanding of, say, I don't know, firearms, for example, which is why I'd like to run a modern or a a near future SF game. Um, I'm going to kind of keep things simple. I'm going to use GURPS basic set as my starting point. I'm going to follow the guidance that's in the fantastic how to be a GURPS GM um, book. And I'm going to build it slowly. So magic psionics and other weirdness is going to come later in later adventures at least from a player facing end um obviously as gm i'll throw some of those elements into the game but in a very controlled way so that i can learn how to run and play these games and um that's the the approach that's the theory so if that sounds interesting to you as you're sitting here please come and uh get in contact contact me through Um, hello at rpgrescue.com that's the email address or hop on the Roleplay Rescue discord and if you want a link to that the easiest way in is obviously to become a patron but if you're interested in playing don't hesitate to ask me Um, i'd be very happy to have you come along and take part if that's what you want to do and with that i'm going to shut up and go do something prep wise game on